Welcome to the Fifth Quarter Podcast. My name's Rick Zamprin, a dominating win for the Tiger Cats in Edmonton, and our closest player of the game vote in a long, long time. The Fifth Quarter Podcast starts now. We've been talking Tiger Cats football for over 50 years. Welcome to the Fifth Quarter, powered by Eastgate Ford on 900 CHML. Hello, football fans in Hamilton from coast to coast and around the world. This is the fifth quarter on 900 CHML. It is powered by Eastgate Ford. And big thanks to all the folks at Eastgate Ford, Lance and the gang, for hopping on board once again to sponsor this season's run of the fifth quarter. And what an exciting game we have to talk about tonight. Perhaps the most complete, the most dominating, the most ferocious game uh, by the Tiger Cats this season, 39-23, the final in favor of Hamilton. They dominated really from start to finish. Uh, their best running game, uh, argu- arguably their best passing game from their quarterback, who I think Jeremiah Masoli played his best of the season. The defense was great. Yeah, Edmonton scored some points late. Um, I guess the only negative, and I don't really want to start with the negative because this is a very positive win for the Tiger Cats, would be number one, Cameron Kelly and his ejection from the ball game uh, late in the first half. And uh, Taylor Bertolette, although he did hit three field goals, he did miss two of them, very makeable ones. So plenty of things to talk about here on the fifth quarter on 900 CHML. My name is Rick Samprin, and we are opening the lines this morning, we're going to be live until 2 a.m. Uh, at 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cellular device. You can email rick at 900chml.com. We're also on CHML's Facebook page at this hour of the night. You can log on and uh, check out what I look like at 1 in the morning. Uh, it's not uh, as pretty as what I do at 1 in the afternoon. Uh, kidding. Uh, at Rick Zamperin on Twitter, at AM900CHML is the uh, Twitter handles for you to chime in. Hashtag fifth quarter will get you to the top of the line. That is for sure. We're going to vote for our player of the game. Brought to you by Metalogic's Complete Mental Management. And uh, there might be some, uh, sort of a toss-up in terms of uh, two or three guys that will come to the fore in terms of player of the game. Our big play of the game, uh, there's some debate around that too because there was a lot of big plays tonight and we'll also bring you the uh, fifth quarter fan of the night once we get all your calls and tweets and emails and uh, Facebook messages. We'll start on Twitter where Alan writes, Hey Rick, nice win for the Cats. Boy, that stadium was empty tonight. Sure wasn't a good look for the CFL after not playing last year. My player of the game is Don Jackson. 100-yard rush game from a running back for the first time this year. Hashtag fifth quarter. Hashtag pound that rock. And I'm in agreement with Allen. I think the player of the game tonight is Don Jackson for a couple of reasons. Yes, finally, we get a 100-yard rusher for the Tiger Cats this season. He scores a touchdown, but I think most importantly, the way he ran in the first quarter, it was ferocious, high-octane, high-energy, yards after contact. He was not going to be brought down. Don Jackson really set the tone tonight. Jeremiah Masoli did a great job of setting the tone as well, spreading the ball around, making some big plays. But for me, Don Jackson, the player of the game tonight, because he did something that no other Ticat player had done this season, and that's obtain a triple-digit stat line on uh, the rushing yards list. 
but more so than that, you know, he got an opportunity to do more of that in the second half, especially. He started out great. They didn't run the ball a lot in the second quarter, but when he got the opportunity, uh, especially in the second half, he put the pedal to the metal and got the job done. 16 carries, 120 yards for Don Jackson tonight. And one touchdown. 905-645-3221, star 9900 is the number to call. You can email me your thoughts on tonight's game. Some email already rolling in. Rick at 900CHML.com. On Twitter, at AM900CHML. At Rick Zamprin. And we're also on CHML's Facebook page. Let's go to the phones. And Peter has called in to the fifth quarter. Peter, good morning. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, good morning. Um, play the game, I was originally going to say Jackson and and then I was going to say the O-line, but I realized uh, Edmonton's D-line, they're, they're quite light. They're only like two of them are 250. So, I mean, there wasn't much up there to, I guess, to uh, protection. So I'm going to go with Mazzoli. Um, is it just me, but what I've started to notice is that they're kind of going back, not to the old, but they're starting to air the ball out. There hasn't been a lot of balls been thrown the way in the last two games it's happened all year. Like, it, it's nice to see the passing yards, I think, CSN mentioned they're over 1,500 yards in three games um, in passing, which is quite high. So I'm looking at the past three games or two games, not the greatest teams to beat. However, it looks like they're getting their confidence back, and they're looking like they're starting to have some fun on the field. And that's what you want to see. That's a huge part of the game, and you're exactly right in terms of, you know, the playbook is the playbook. They have they have these plays game in and game out, but I think the confidence in throwing those intermediate and those deep routes, we saw one to Jalen Acklin uh, today. We saw a great screen or hitch screen to Stephen Dunbar with some great yak yards. Tyler Ternowski with an explosive play. Um, yeah, they're, they're having fun, and I think that's translating into that offensive flair that we're seeing. I have an odd question to ask you, and I've noticed it this year, and it didn't dawn on me to this game. There is no advertisement on the field. Correct. It is with TSN now. Why did this league change that? You can see it on on TV, but you can't see in the stadium. Yeah, so if you go to Tim Hortons Field or any stadium in the CFL, you would, in the past, see those on-field logos. Now they're digitally projected on uh, the screen, uh, as far if you're watching TSN, but they're not physically on the field. I don't know what the deal is and what the cut amount is, but I think the league and TSN has come to the realization that uh, they can sell certain sponsorships, they can be versatile, they can change it up from game to da- game to game, and I think doing that, we see it in baseball, we see it in the NFL, we see it in uh, the NBA now, those digital ads are, uh, I think, more lucrative and more flexible in terms of the client or the sponsor as well as you know the team in the league. Right. Well, I think we got a team starting to move, but our, let's, our only real test will be is I think when we we're back against Toronto, that'll be the test because it's pretty light schedule. You know, we got BC next. You know, but I think we got out one more one more time. I think uh, it's then, actually BC, Toronto, and Saskatchewan. The Saskatchewan, so Saskatchewan and, B, and Toronto will be the test. These easier games are good to get that confidence back up and get these guys moving. So there's no quarterback, uh, I think, controversy, but I would like to see a little bit more of a combination in there because it really throws defenses off because those are two quarterbacks that I think with Evans and Mazzoli, you start bringing both in and doing a little bit of, uh, you know, switching around, I think it could really mess defenses up. I would agree with you. I would say this, though. If one guy's really going like Mazzoli was tonight, I'm not sure I'd subscribe to that. But normally I would because that change of pace, the guys are a little bit different. 
Uh, I would normally say, yeah, that's a great idea. But on a night like tonight, when Masoli is rocking and rolling, I say, hey, fill your pants, uh, you know, stay on the field, get the job done. Sounds good. Have yourself a good morning. You too. Take care, Peter. All right. Cheers. Uh, Peter voting for Don Jackson for his player of the game, and uh, I agree with uh, Peter on that note. Jackson with a phenomenal game uh, this evening slash uh, this morning, at least our time. Uh, chilly night in Edmonton as well. It was like minus one uh, by about halftime or so, and uh, felt like minus four with the wind chill. So that's weather-wise, apart from the uh, game against Ottawa, in which it was just a downpour basically for the whole game, this was maybe the most challenging weather-wise game if you will. We're also broadcasting live on CHML's Facebook page, and Bruce has uh, left a note um, regarding tonight's game, and he says, you must be tired, Rick. Listen to you every morning. Thanks, Bruce. Uh, a great game by the whole team. My only disappointment was in Kelly for spitting at the Elks player. Absolutely uncalled for and should be fined. That's just sickening. Player of the game is Jackson, hashtag fifth quarter. Um, yeah, on, on the Cameron Kelly incident, uh, there, there's no place in, I was going to say pro sports, there's no place in sports, there's no place in society, period, to be spitting at another individual. And uh, rightfully so, the officials ejected him because A, that's disgusting, B, uh, that's just totally uncalled for. I mean, yeah, there's a skirmish on the uh, Edmonton sideline. Yes, it's between two highly emotional individuals in Simone Lawrence and James Wilder Jr., but I thought Simone did a phenomenal job after he was taken down by Wilder, and he was kind of wrestling with Wilder on the ground. But he got up, and there was no retaliation. There was no chirping or yelling. Simone really kept his composure. And yes, you can fault him for the headshot on Wilder a few plays before that, and yeah, the low blow on Wilder on that incomplete pass. Um, but at the end of the day, I think Simone did a good job at keeping his cool, especially in the elk sideline, because that could have gotten way worse than it did. But for Cameron Kelly, he's definitely going to be fined. A suspension? I don't know. This is this is the tricky part of this scenario, too. I don't know if tricky is the right word. Uh, it might be an interesting conundrum for the CFL, but we're still in a pandemic. COVID is still a thing. And spitting at people when we know that the vaccination rate in the Canadian Football League is not 100%, um, that is doubly uncalled for. So it's going to be rather interesting to see how the league handles this incident. In terms of suspension, a fine is guaranteed. That, that's, that's a fait accompli. That is going to happen. A suspension, would it be harsh? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not harsh. We can't have that in our game. So if it's a one-game suspension, I think it'd be fine with that. Anything more, I think, would be uh, a little bit too harsh. Ticats with a big win tonight, 39-23, the final in Edmonton. Their only trip out west. They don't go to Calgary. They don't go to BC. They're hosting BC next week. Um, this was their first game outside of Ontario in a long, long time as well, since August 27th when they took on the Alouettes in Montreal. And uh, they fared well. They played one of their best games of the season. Uh, 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cellular device. If you want to call in and give me your thoughts on tonight's Ticats win, you can send me an email, rick at 900chml.com. We have a flood of email coming in, and that's okay. It's early in the morning. You might sound a little gruff like I am sounding right about now after hosting the morning show here on CHML. And I had a great nap, I'll tell you that. Earlier on in the day, it was absolutely fantastic. But yeah, kind of feeling it a little bit right now. Uh, email from Anthony, who writes, Hello, Rick. 
What an outstanding game offensively. Masoli looked excellent and took care of the football all night. Defense was solid, and the special teams was more than sufficient. Although we do need to clean up the penalties, though. Way, way too many tonight. Player of the game, Masoli. No picks, and he's finally firing on all cylinders. Side note, did you see the stands tonight? Did Edmonton successfully draw less of a crowd than the Argos do? Thank you, Askiwiwi. An email from Anthony. Uh, two things. I would say on the special teams... A few too many penalties, including on the opening kickoff. And, I mean, we were all watching the game. Brandon Banks from his five-yard line to about the Edmonton 50, a fantastic return. And uh, they get called for holding. A couple of other penalties on special teams that got to be cleaned up. The two missed field goals, the makeable field goals, uh, got to be patched up. That's got to be fixed. 35-yarder and a 40-yarder, that's got to be nearly automatic every single game. As for the crowd... You know, listen, I'm not too surprised by what we saw tonight for the crowd on a, for a number of reasons. Number one, we're still in a pandemic. Look at what is happening in Alberta. They opened up too soon. I don't want to go down the pandemic route, but yeah, they opened up too soon. The vaccination rate isn't what it is uh, like here in Ontario. Uh, Alberta's at like, I think it's 70, no, 65%, something like that. Uh, here in Ontario, 73%. The Eskimos, or the Eskimos, pardon me. I knew I was going to do it. RJ didn't read the broadcast, too. It's so easy to do. The Elks are a horrible team, now 2-8. and eight. Um, They don't really have an identity. They've just traded for another quarterback after dealing Trevor Harris and now getting a Nick Arbuckle from the Argos. So I get it. You know, that this is the first time, let me put it this way, this is the first time ever that the Elks franchise, the Edmonton franchise, has lost their first six home games of the season. They're winless at home. That's never happened in Edmonton's franchise history, which dates back decades. So this is one of the worst Edmonton teams that they've had in a long, long time. I think the fans are, you know, uh, voting with their butts, so to speak, and staying home, watching it on TV. It's a lot warmer there. Uh, COVID, uh, bad team. I think all those aspects come in uh, to play. It's not a good luck, obviously. You know, the CFL wants to see full houses. They want to see... All their stadiums packed to capacity, it's its just not a thing. I mean, we haven't seen full houses uh, for every game for Saskatchewan uh, or Winnipeg, really across the Lake Calgary. Um, I think it's primarily because of the pandemic. And it's interesting to say that because there was no season last year, and we missed the Canadian Football League, and we had a thirst and a hunger to get back, and we were slowly allowed to get back through restrictions and uh, capacity limits, you know, 50%, 75%, finally 100%. Um, now that it is 100%, really, uh, across the league, uh, for the most part, some stadiums still have uh, some capacity limits. Um, you know, the CFL is looking at the crowd and thinking, yeah, we got to do better. Uh, that's the challenge, not only in places like Toronto, NBC, and obviously now Edmonton, but really across the league. Three receivers to the wide side of the field, Jeremiah Masoli. Watches Jalen Acklin in the waggle, throwing deep for Acklin. It's complete. He's inside the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Tiger Cats. Jalen Acklin, third straight game with a touchdown. Huge play late in the first half for Hamilton. And that is the big play of the game here on the fifth quarter, powered by Eastgate Ford on 900 CHML. A 65-yard long bomb from Masoli to Jalen Acklin. That made the score 24-4 to after the extra point, and it was all Ty Cats from there on in. That really put the dagger into the hearts 
uh, the uh, Elks, who uh, ended up scoring just 23 points. That really was the winning play and the big play of the game here on the fifth quarter. Don't forget to chime in with your vote for player of the game, brought to you by Metalogic's Complete Mental Management. Uh, so far, Don Jackson with a couple of votes and Jeremiah Masoli with a couple of votes. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell are the numbers to call in on the fifth quarter to give me your thoughts on tonight's game. Vote for your player of the game. At Rick Samprin, at AM900CHML are the Twitter handles. You can use the hashtag fifth quarter. You can also email Rick at 900CHML.com. And we are on CHML's Facebook page as well. And a couple of diehard Ticats fans have made some commentary on CHML's Facebook page. Brad writes, the O-line gets player of the game for me, Rick. Gave Masoli tons of time in the pocket tonight and made good holes for Jackson to get his 100-plus yards tonight. So the offensive line getting some love. Wow, that is a strange thought, isn't it? This is an offensive line that was, let's face it, in tatters in the first couple of weeks. Did not play well at all. And uh, it, it's kind of funny to think because through injury uh, and I guess some poor play, you know, this O-line and, and retirements, let's not forget Mike Filer, this O-line has been rejigged and was really good tonight. Now in saying that, Edmonton's D-line and their pressure packages really not that good. So, <laughs> you know, the, the balancing act in terms of praising the O-line can only go so much. Although, you know, they, they played a good game, so we got to tip our cap to the offensive line uh, tonight. Patrick on CHML's Facebook page says, How was the challenge not pass interference? I thought you couldn't block the pass like the way Jonathan Rose did. Kelly will be definitely at least heavily fined due to COVID possibly suspended. I think the defense could use a bit more work for when BC comes to the donut box, but a win is a win. Player of the game, Masoli and Jackson. So a couple of votes for Patrick. We'll let it slide. We kind of frown upon the double voting, but that's okay. Hey, it's a big Ticats win. We'll allow that. Um, regarding the um, pass interference call, I, th I thought it was the right call. Uh, and if you missed it, uh, you know, Brandon Banks is in the end zone. Football is coming towards him. Jonathan Rose has his back towards the play or towards the, the, the field of play and is facing Banks and crashes into Banks and it's no touchdown, no pass interference, penalty flag is thrown. There were a lot of penalty flags tonight. And um, head coach uh, Orlando Steinauer throws the challenge flag saying, hey, listen, that, that should be pass interference. Uh, and the reason why I like the call is the football hits Jonathan Rose before Rose comes into contact with Brandon Banks. So the clear definition of pass interference is interfering with a receiver before the football gets to the intended target. And it's clear that Rose didn't do that because the ball hit him before it hit, uh, before he hit Banks. So I, I like the call on the field. If it was the reverse, and obviously Rose came into contact with uh, Banks before the football got there, obviously that would be a pass interference. The good news is... That the Ticats got a touchdown basically right after that when uh, Jeremiah Masoli hit uh, Tim White, who had a fantastic game tonight as well. We should give some love to Tim White, who had uh, one of his better games with the Tiger Cats tonight. He ended up with a, a team high, uh, six receptions for 89 yards and that touchdown. So a little love for Tim White. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. You can email rick at 900chml.com. On Twitter, at Rick Samprin, at am900chml. We're also broadcasting live on CHML's Facebook page. 
a, a tweet coming in from Mark who writes, huge win by the Cats. We seem to be hitting our stride. Love the running game. Player of the game, Don Jackson. Hashtag fifth quarter. Matthew writes, great win for the Ticats tonight. Offense and defense played great. And Simone is the GOAT. Hashtag player of the game goes to the entire team this week. So Matthew saying that the entire team, a total team effort, is uh, the player of the game tonight. It was a good team win. You know, top to bottom, the offense, I, I thought, played probably one of its best games. The defense was exceptional, you know, save for, you know, the prevent defense toward the end of the game. And Edmonton gets a couple of uh, touchdowns and some more points. But overall, top to bottom and, you know, special teams, aside from the two missed field goals, special teams is pretty good tonight as well. Uh, back to CHML's Facebook page. And Troy writes, Hi, Rick. Great game tonight from the Ticats. D looked fantastic as always. And the offense is finally coming close to what we saw in 2019. Player of the game obviously goes to Masoli. Has me wondering where all his doubters are tonight. Not many Jeremiah Masoli doubters coming out of the woodwork tonight. A lot of love to Masoli. And uh, rightfully so. He had a fantastic game. Jim on Twitter, at Rick Samprin, writes, Victory! Oski, wee wee, I'm going to bed. <laughs> Wish I could say the same, Jim. Um, Masoli was amazing. He's my player of the game. Hashtag fifth quarter. Hashtag 900 CHML. Hashtag Ticat. So, Jeremiah Masoli and now Don Jackson tied with five votes each for player of the game. Brought to you by Metal Logics Complete Metal Management. You can vote by calling in at 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. Email rick at 900chml.com. On Twitter, at Rick Samprin, at AM900CHML, and use the hashtag fifth quarter. We're also broadcasting live on CHML's Facebook page. You can check in with us there as well. Randy on email. Randy from Oakville. Uh, who always chimes in in the fifth quarter, and we uh, we love him for it. Good morning, Rick. Some of us are still awake. <laughs> That's awesome, Randy. Um, a great win by the Cats as they edge closer to the playoffs. We need those next wins. Definitely, Jeremiah Masoli deserves to be player of the game with impressive TDs and passing yard stats. It looked like the previous Masoli, excellent TD passes, including the long one, to Acklin. Great efforts by Don Jackson, 100-plus yards, and the TD from Stephen Dunbar and Tim White. A nice change to see Tyler Ternowski on the passing play. The defense did an excellent job. Let's hope Brandon Banks is not badly injured with a hamstring problem. A rough year for Speedy B. And Randy continues to write the situation with Cameron Kelly and the spitting during the major disturbance on the Edmonton sideline was inexcusable. There were many undisciplined plays on the field by both teams. This was a good game to stay up late for. Oski Wiwi, enjoy the weekend and happy Halloween. Randy from Oakville. Um, Randy brought up penalties, and I kind of referenced it earlier on in the show. Way too many penalties. Way too many penalties tonight for both teams, not just Hamilton. But the Tiger Cats committed 15 fouls, which is uh, absurd, for 163 yards. The Eskimos were flagged 13 times for 190 yards. They nearly gave up two football fields worth in penalty yards, combined 353 penalty yards. That's more than three football fields combined uh, via the penalty for these two teams. Unbelievable.
But the biggest stat of the night is the 39 points that the Ticats put up on the Edmonton Elks to win this football game 39-23. to Back to Twitter we go. At Rick Samprin, Dave writes, Masoli, player of the game. Shout out to Jackson and Simone as well. Jackson ran with power tonight. I'd like to see him get the next start. Oski Wiwi. I think that is an absolute slam dunk that Don Jackson is not only getting the start next week, He's the man for the rest of the season. As good as Sean Thomas Erlington has been, Don Jackson added that extra layer of toughness, uh, explosion, um, you know, determination to get another yard or two or three. Uh, Don Jackson is, is, you know, it has me thinking, you know, he should have been starting all season. And uh, the Ticats might be thinking that the same as well. Andrew writes, uh, simply Jeremiah Masoli for his player of the game. So Masoli now with seven votes, Don Jackson with five. And I, I kind of figure to be, you know, a couple of team or a couple of guys into the mix here on the fifth quarter and those two guys in particular. If you're thinking about stats, wondering about who got what, well, Jeremiah Masoli had in another explosive outing tonight, 17 of 24. That is a 71% completion percentage, 357 yards through the air, three touchdowns. The bulk of that 357 came in the first half, amazingly. Uh, he was just chucking the ball all over the place. And Don Jackson had 16 carries for 120 yards and a touchdown. His longest run of the night was 18 yards. Receivers, I mentioned Tim White, uh, six catches, 89 yards and a TD. Steve Dunbar Jr., three receptions, 76 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Acklin, just the one catch, but it was a 65-yard touchdown reception. Brandon Banks, who left the game uh, in the third quarter and did not return with a hamstring injury. Let's hope he's okay for next week. If not, certainly for the game against Toronto. We'll need him against the Argos. Four receptions for 60 yards. Tyler Ternowski, just the one catch, but it was a 48-yarder. David Unger had a catch for 15 yards. And STE, one catch for four yards out of the backfield. So a lot of different targets. Uh, for Jeremiah Masoli tonight. In fact, eight different targets, seven guys caught the football. Don Jackson had an incomplete pass uh, on his record. Masoli, uh, you know, he also ran the ball effectively tonight. Three carries, 26 yards. Uh, so he was pretty good through the air and on the ground, obviously. Brad on CHML's Facebook page says, Funny how all, after all that, on the sidelines, how the penalties balanced out. S-M-H. I think, they, I think the officials handled the... Uh, sideline skirmish well it didn't get out of hand and i'll give some credit to the players there as well because they didn't they didn't go nuts um and if you missed any sort of the you know the precursor to it so simone lawrence with well, what i thought was a pretty um i wouldn't say nasty headshot but he he did go helmet to helmet with james walder jr a couple plays later uh cornelius throws uh, a pass to the uh, s or the the elks sideline and it's an incomplete pass. It's a low throw. Wilder's kind of off balance. Simone goes in for the tackle, and it's a, it's a low tackle, kind of hip, you know, a thigh area. And Wilder takes exception. He goes and tackles Simone. Uh, they kind of wrestle on the ground. There's, you know, a huge brouhaha on the sideline, and uh, there's some pushing and shoving, but nothing too serious except for Cameron Kelly's spitting on an Edmonton player. He gets tossed. Jonathan Rose gets tossed for coming off the bench, which... You know, was understandable. He wants to protect his players, and he took one for the team, basically. Um, but I thought the officials, you know, held it together. 
uh, made sure to you know get out of control and get out of hand. Uh, good job by the officials on uh, the Elks sideline today uh, to uh, you know kind of limit that powder keg from exploding because it could have got a lot lot worse. Nine zero five six four five three two two one star nine nine hundred are the phone numbers to call to comment on tonight's. Ticats win 39-23 over the Edmonton Elks. You can vote for your player of the game, brought to you by Metalogic's Complete Metal Management. On email, rick at 900chml.com. You can do so on CHML's Facebook page as well and on Twitter. Use the hashtag fifth quarter at am900chml or at Rick Samprin. And don't forget to subscribe to the Fifth Quarter Podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast. Past episodes online as well at 900chml.com, the website. So on the Edmonton 16, a handoff to Don Jackson, breaks through the five, touchdown! Don Jackson, over 100 yards rushing and tossing a touchdown as well. And that was another big play as Jackson went over 100 yards officially, uh, ending up with 120 on the ground. That made it 39-15. to 15. It would have been... Would have been Kind of interesting if that was the final score, because that was the final score of the 1986 Grey Cup, as you all know, is uh, Hamilton beating Edmonton uh, on that day uh, way back when at BC Place Stadium. But the final score, 39-23 in favor of the Tiger Cats. Hamilton now 6-5. and five. They have a share of first place in the East Division. Of course, Toronto and Montreal both playing this weekend. Uh, the uh, Argonauts are hosting the BC Lions uh, tomorrow night and the uh, Montreal Alouettes are uh, in, uh, actually, Montreal Alouettes are at home against Saskatchewan uh, later on uh, tonight. I said tomorrow night for the Argos. It's actually tonight. I'm looking at the schedule. No, it's actually, because we're now Saturday morning, uh, Argos hosting BC Saturday <laughs> afternoon and Montreal hosting uh, Saskatchewan on Saturday night. You know what I mean. You know, if you're listening to the podcast and you're listening to all this, you're thinking, what the hell is Rick talking about? Well, I'm just getting my dates kind of all mixed up because it's now early morning as opposed to late night. But, uh, yeah, Ticats 6-5, and five, grabbing a share first place. Montreal and Toronto both 6-4. and four. Of course, uh, Ottawa out at 2-10. and ten. Uh, Edmonton struggling at 2-8. and eight. Uh, They're pretty much done. Uh, BC's 4-6. and six. Calgary 6-6. Six and six. Saskatchewan 6-4. And, and Winnipeg the best in the land. Uh, at 10 and 1. If you're looking ahead to the Ticats schedule, the Tiger Cats hosting BC on uh, next Friday night. They're in Toronto, which is going to be a massive game Friday, November the 12th, and they round out the regular season at home at Tim Hortons Field. It's a Saturday afternoon game, 4 o'clock kickoff here on CHML on November 20th as it's Rough Riders and Tiger Cats. That should be a wild affair. Mark on Twitter says, a good win, go Mac. And yes, big game for McMaster uh, later on on Saturday afternoon. It's a 1 o'clock start at Ron Joy Stadium. You can hear that game on CHML. It's a must win for the Marauders as they host Guelph. Uh, other games in the OUA as they complete their regular season. Westerns at Windsor. Uh, Laurier at Waterloo and York is going to host a U of T tomorrow. So uh, Mac wins. They need a little bit of help to get in the playoffs. But hey, stranger things have happened. 905-645-3221. Star 9900 on yourself. You want to call in and uh, discuss tonight's uh, Tiger Cats win over the Elks. Uh, on your cell phone, you can uh, go to email or you can do it on a laptop or your desktop or wherever you access your email. Rick at 900CHML.com. Vote for your player of the game. Brought to you by Metalogic's Complete Metal Management. Uh, right now, Jeremiah Masoli with seven votes. Don Jackson with five with the offensive line, the team. 
uh, or on Twitter, at Rick Samprin, at AM900CHML. You can let me know your thoughts on tonight's game as well. Also, we're broadcasting live on CHML's Facebook page, and uh, we've got a couple of comments to get to as well. But Anthony has called in in the fifth quarter, and he joins us now. Anthony, good morning. How are you? Hey, how are you? I'm okay. Good win tonight by the Tomcats. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I, I just got a problem. You know what it is. You know where, where I'm going with this, and it's uh, Simone Lawrence once again. I want to know when the league is going to do something about this guy. That was a headshot. You talked about how they controlled it. and Actually, the players controlled it. The ref should have done something when he, when he had the headshot. When he went forward with that headshot, it was dirty, and then it started the rest. And then when he tackles, he tackles in a downward motion, always towards the knee. He did it to stand back a couple of games ago, and stand back was out. He's done it over the years. He's done it to uh, Henry Burris, not to mention Zach Caleros a few years ago when I phoned you. I want to know when the league does something about this guy. So what do you want the league to do? Suspend him. Well, there he's been, he's been, penalty on the he's, he, no, there wasn't, there should have been. He's been suspended before. Suspend him again. If it was two games last time, make it four now. I don't think he's going to get suspended for either. I think he's going to get fined. I don't think it's going to be a suspension. And you don't think it should? Uh, no, I don't think it should be a suspendable offense. Well, what about the headshot? You mentioned earlier that it was a headshot. It was dirty. It was late. Correct, but is every headshot a suspendable offense? No, but it's a penalty. Well, sure, yeah, he should have been penalized, okay, and he, he will wasn't. be fine, but that's not a suspendable and he wasn't, offense. And that's where I'm telling you that the, the, the league and, and the, the referees should get involved. And put, right now, it's on Steinauer and it's on the commissioner. Well, yeah, he should have been flagged. I think we're agreement in that. He wasn't flagged, but I don't think he'll be. I'd be surprised if he was suspended. Okay, well, that's my comment. I, I, they need to do something about him before somebody gets seriously hurt, like Zach Caleros, like Henry Burris in the past. It's not like, you know, the call two years ago was, what? it's not like he's known for it. Yeah, he is known for it. He's very known for it. And tonight was another prime example. Right. Hey, look, listen, I'm not disagreeing with you with that. Both things should have been flagged, uh, but they weren't. That, that's on the league. I don't think that's on the team, so to speak. Yeah, my point is it's got to be stopped. It's got, you're right. It's, it's on the league. It's on the commissioner. It's on whoever met the penalties and discipline and everything else. But he's got to be stopped. That's nonsense what he's doing. You know, it happened to stand back a few games ago. Do you remember that when he tackled in a downward? Who tackles in a downward motion like that? It's always horizontal. And he took stand back out too. And he smiles away and he does his thing. And then in the biggest games, he doesn't show up at all. That's my point. Have a good night. All right. Thanks, Anthony. Uh, listen, I, I respect your opinion. I, I took your call. You made your, your point. I think it's a valid point in terms of the headshot. We've got to take that out of the game. He should have been, he should have been flagged. Uh, and the low blow on James Wilder, you know, momentum is a thing that is hard to stop. Although I'll say that, you know, you should never target a player's knee. You should never try to injure the person. You know, the saying is you want to hurt the guy, but you don't want to injure the guy. And, and that's fine. The headshot, yeah, it's, uh, I'm not a big fan of that. Because one day someone will get seriously hurt. I mean, look at Zach Aleros with his concussion woes. He's having a fantastic year, probably the MOP this year. But yeah, that type of play, those type of hits, uh, I don't like. Because we're talking about players' health. You know, take the logos out, take the uniforms out, um, take the players' names out. 
you have player X against player Y, and player X does that to player Y, you don't want to see it. You do not want to see that in the game. Stephen out in Penticton, B.C. writes, Greetings, Rick. Great team win. I thought Masoli played a great game, and for the second week in a row, I have to give him player of the game. Special call out to Don Jackson. Defense played another solid effort. The Cats took it to Edmonton. This one was over at the half. All tied up in the East for first place. That email from Stephen in Penticton, B.C. We do know that Saskatchewan or uh, Toronto and Montreal both have um, games in hand, and those games will come later on today. Another email, this one from Joe, who says, Good morning, Rick. Uh, this game made it worth it to stay up. This Ticats team is what we've been waiting for. Masoli looks like himself again, and the O-line was fantastic. My player of the game will have to be Jackson. We need running backs that can do what he did today. 16 carries, 120 yards, 1 TD. The first half was chippy and fun to watch, but that could have been a lot worse and glad they moved on. I hope Banks is not gone long-term because that would hurt uh, already having Addison gone. But love to see all these receivers playing well and making the big plays. Tim White and Dunbar Jr. are looking like keepers. Until next week, take care, Rick. Joe from Niagara. So vote uh, earlier for Masoli and vote for Don Jackson. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. You can vote for the player of the game. Brought to you by Metalogic's Complete Mental Management at uh, rick at 900chml.com on email, on CHML's Facebook page, on Twitter as well, at Rick Samprin at am900chml. All Ari writes, great team effort everywhere tonight. We control our own destiny. Player of the game, Don Jackson. He has to play. Coach O and Coach Washington have to deal with Kelly separate to whatever else CFL does. Not acceptable. We may actually be stronger with Tunday in for Kelly. And the kid at safety, and this will allow Poppy White back at receiver, which would be great. Ternowski also has to play. And Chelsea writes on uh, Facebook, Good morning, Rick. Amazing game done by our guys. I found myself feeling excited for every play. The white TD was amazing as well. Thought he didn't have it. Then blink, he had it. It's finally nice listening to the fifth quarter and not having everyone bash on Masoli. Uh, even though his previous games were decent. Hopefully they're all quite uh, all quiet now. Haha. Ha. Uh, my player of the game is Jackson. It's nice to have a run game again. I think that's enough rambling. Have a great night or morning. LOL. Yeah, I'm, I'm confused at this point because uh, the, the hours are all blending together. Back to the phones we go. Corey has called into the fifth quarter. Good morning, Corey. How are you? Good, Rick. How are you doing? I'm okay. You, you knew I was going to call. You know I'm up for this kind of stuff all the time. Oh, I appreciate it. Um, I don't know. I've, I think I've got to play the devil's advocate a little bit here tonight with everything that's going on. Um, the Simone Lawrence, you know, the chippy play, uh, the, the Cam Kelly spitting on somebody. Now, I, now I'm, I'm, I'd hate to say it. If I'm the league and I'm looking at this, I'm looking, I'm watching the whole game. I'm watching from that first, second quarter when it was really dicey. And, uh, if you watch that series and the series before, like you're saying that when Wilder's going down and the headshot happens, and then the next series comes out, and it's this one. Um, we That couple plays before when Tuck was called on the fumble, and Cam Kelly picked it up and brought it back, and it was a quick review, quick incomplete pass. That whole series, that same play is that big number 58, Justin Renfro, running down the field. And I don't know who he hit right in the back, square with his helmet on the late hit that he got called for on that play. But uh, that next play, that very next play, is the hit on Wilder from Simone. 
and uh, when it escalates and it calms down, it's that number 58 Renfro from the sideline on him talking to Kelly, and that's when he spits on him. And I'm not saying anybody's okay for doing that. Don't get me wrong. But there has to be a complete look into these things because two out of those three plays, it's a hold on Renfro where he's dragging somebody down. It's an unnecessary rough, roughness on Renfro on a play that's not even really happening because it's called back on the over or the review for the uh, over called on the fumble. And then that play happens and it's just they lost control of the game at that point, I think. And it just didn't look good at all from my point of view. And again, I'm not saying that spitting on somebody's okay, but those guys were going at it well before that happened. Yeah, I mean, you paint the picture correctly. Uh, for every action, there's a reaction. I thought the reaction was wrong, at least in terms of Kelly's what Kelly did. That's that's disgusting and uncalled for. Um, I, I don't mind the rest of the pushing and shoving because you know you want to protect your teammates. You want to make sure that your guy is safe. And for Simone to be at the bottom of a pile, especially near the Elk sideline, you want to get him out of there. Um, you know, the league's going to look at this. There's going to be a number of fines. Kelly might be suspended. I wouldn't be surprised. But I thought the officials and the two teams after that incident, because it didn't really escalate after that, I think everyone kind of handled it correctly. And it was good that was it was just before the half, because if that was, uh, you know, in the first quarter or even late in the game, that could have got a little bit more nasty than it uh, we'd all would have liked. Absolutely agree with that, especially like you're saying, when Simone got out of there, he didn't he didn't open his mouth at all. He just got out of there, did his thing, back to the huddle, that kind of stuff. And I absolutely agree with what you're saying, that they uh, they handled it well afterwards. And they came out on the second half, and it was fairly clean. But like you're saying, the three football field long of penalties, it goes both ways. And I, uh, I, I totally think he'll be suspended a game. But like you are saying to the last caller there, you can't be suspending guys for simple headshots and 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 he got animated there. He was saying tackling low, to, like aiming low to the legs. It's like, well, that's tackling 101. You wrap the legs, you don't wrap the pads. And that hit with, like you're saying, the momentum on Simone's hit. Like he was already running to the wide side in the flats as a linebacker. There's not much slowing you down out there. So it's one of those things that I got. I got to think that they look at and say, well, the escalation was horrible, but there's got to be fair on both sides I guess is what I'm saying I don't know I don't I don't like when they I don't like when Simone gets painted as a dirty player with the headshots when somebody's sliding and they're already going down he can't stop it's a very tough game it's a collision sport and things are going to happen it's always happened it's football and I just don't like that picture that's painted sometimes it's always our guys being dirty or something you know right Who, who's your player of the game tonight oh Simone he broke the record he's 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 over Hitchcock's number. He's over Steinauer's number. He, he's the man. Without him on our defense, I don't think we go anywhere. We, uh, it's kind of like him and Ted Laurent and Jeremiah Mazzoli, who I think we all traded for all three of those from Edmonton, I think, or signed Ted from there. But uh, that's just a side note. But, yeah, Simone tonight, those those guys, I think they just create jobs for everybody. Santos Knox, uh, Larry Dean, just name guys that have filtered through here. The guys that have always been here are the Simone Lawrence's and Ted Lawrence, and they kind of keep that front, middle, back kind of solid. So it's uh, it's nice to see Simone playing at a high level for so long. Well said. Corey, appreciate the call. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Thanks, Rick. You too. Happy Halloween.
Masoli going deep again, looking for the end zone again. Oh, Tim White catches it. It was tipped. He caught it. It's a touchdown for the Tiger Cats. How did he stay with that? The concentration of Tim White was excellent. Yeah, hot potato TD for Tim White uh, off the hands of uh, a uh, Elks defender, and uh, he made the grab with 3.03 to go in the first quarter. 14-1 at that point for the Ticats. They end up winning 39-23, a dominating effort for the Black and Golds. They are now 6-5 on the season. And uh, right now, have a share of top spots in the CFL's East Division with both Toronto and Montreal, who are both in action later on on Saturday. Argos hosting BC. Alouettes are hosting the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. You can email your thoughts on tonight's game. Vote for your player of the game, Rick, at 900CHML.com. And Rebecca has done that. Great win. What's up with our kicker? Simone makes it entertaining, and not even Simone can halt momentum once he's in the air. Two more to go than playoffs. Here we come. Player of the game, Jeremiah. Also on email, here is uh, Dan from Hamilton who writes, Hi, Rick. It's nice to see the offense clicking now instead of just the D. Masoli has found his confidence again, and it's he's not afraid to air the ball out. It's good to have two capable quarterbacks on the team. The only concern for me, Bertolette. He's missed a few point conversions earlier this year, one of which cost us a game, and tonight he missed what should have been an easy field goal. Overall, though, great game tonight. Oski, wee wee, Masoli for player of the game tonight. That email from Dan. Let me jot down another vote for Jeremiah Masoli. Dan on email. Let's keep the emails running. We've got a couple more to get to. This one from Anthony writes, Good morning. For the first time in two years, we finally saw Ticats football. That's the Masoli we need down the stretch. Great game by Jackson and Dunbar. Needed that win. First is up for grabs. Buckle up, Ticats fans. Player of the game, Masoli. Again, that email from Anthony. And one more email to get to. This is from Alan uh, from St. Catharines. I had a feeling we were going to win this game, and we're now 6-5, tied with Toronto and Montreal. Let's talk about the concerning part of the game. What Cameron Kelly did was disgusting. There's no place for spitting on a player, and I can see the CFL fining him a lot. So many players on Edmonton's sideline did get on the field, and there should have been penalties for that, but Simone Lawrence was lucky. He only got unnecessary roughness attacking Wilder's legs. I love Lawrence, but his energy could get him in trouble. I can still see the CFL fining him, also along with a few others. As for the game itself, Masoli had another great game. Nice to see Tyler Ternowski get his first catch downfield. But how about Tim White and that grab in the end zone after he missed it, and it flew in the air? What a beauty. And Allen goes on to write, I would have liked to see Dane Evans more in the fourth quarter when we had such a lead because him not playing, you don't want to see him rusty with the playoffs around the corner. Good to see Don Jackson in there. You need a running game when it's getting colder and the playoffs, there could be snow on the ground. Player of the game, Tim White. That is the first vote for Tim White, who had a heck of a ball game for the black and gold tonight. Lots of tweets to get to. So bear with me. Here is Rebecca who writes, Hi, Rick. Every good team plays terrible teams, so a win is a win is a win. Player of the game, Don Bulldozer Jackson. He was a bulldozer tonight, especially right off the hop, and he's just bowling over guys. 
Jeff writes, it's pretty clear Jeremiah is the player of the game, and he has been excellent the last two games, but Don Jackson would be player of the game almost any other week with the game that he had. Dave writes on Twitter, at Rick Zamprin, using the hashtag fifth quarter, complete game tonight from start to finish. Masoli looked great once again. D solid all game. Let's hope Banks is just a precautionary injury. We got a run game finally. Bring on the Lions and let's keep rolling. Oski Wiwi. Jared on Twitter says Masoli or Don Jackson. So I guess he's voting for for both. We'll give each a vote for player of the game. Simon writes, the Tiger Cats finally close out the win. If they play like this in the Montreal game and Toronto game, they would be easily have won both. Uh, we just need to keep this momentum and strike for the Grey Cup at home. Player of the game, Don Jackson for me, using the hashtag fifth quarter. Mark writes 22,857. That's 22,857 attendance for Elks. Ticats. It looked, obviously, there's about 60,000 capacity at Commonwealth Stadium, so it looked very bare. But uh, 228, he writes, not too bad, all things considered, to be honest. And he's probably right. You know, COVID, chilly, bad team. 22,000 would nearly be a packed house at Tim Morton's Field. So, yes, it looked bad, but uh, that's a pretty healthy number for a team that's really struggling this season. Michael on Twitter, at Rick Samprin, says, Loved Don Jackson's hard-running style. Can't wait to see more of him. Really think just scratching the surface of what he's capable of. Also, my player of the game, hashtag fifth quarter. Some more votes coming in for Jackson and Masoli. Hawkeye writes, Can we end the Bertolette experiment? <laughs> well, I mean, the, the short answer is yeah, it can be ended. But the, the more interesting question is, who's going to be that next guy? Uh, Michael Damagala didn't really pan out. I know he's still with the team, but a, a change now, you would have to bring in a guy who's either uh, fresh off the scrap heap of the CFL because the trade deadline is coming past, or you're going to get a guy who's, you know, kind of closed the curtain on the National Football League, uh, i.e. Luram Haralahu, but he's still hanging around down there trying to get on an NFL team. Bill writes, Masoli gets my vote for player of the game. He was on fire playing his best game in two years. Don Jackson is my runner-up. And Chris writes, finally a big easy win, LOL, with a healthy dose of fireworks. And I believe that is it for the tweets and the emails and the Facebook messages. Yes, that is it. So wrapping up here on the fifth quarter, it was uh, an impressive and a very much needed win for the Ticats, who've now won two in a row after demolishing Ottawa last week, 32-3. They manhandled the Elks tonight, 39-23, Hamilton 6-5, and five, tied for first in the East. That is great to see. So tabulating the votes, this is the closest player of the game uh, vote that uh, we've had in a long, long time. Don Jackson with 13 votes is going to have to step aside because Jeremiah Masoli with 14 votes tonight by you, the fans, is our player of the game. Brought to you by Metalogic's Complete Mental Management. Our fifth quarter fan of the night, Randy from Oakville on email. Great email, Randy, as always. And our big player of the game, once again, Masoli to Ackland at 65-yard TD. That made it 24 to four. Thank you all for listening to the fifth quarter tonight's slash this morning. Our next broadcast comes after the Tiger Cats host the BC Lions on Friday, November the 5th. For producer Ben Strawn, my name's Rick Samprin. Thanks for joining us here on the fifth quarter, brought to you by Eastgate Ford on 900 CHML. 
where Ticats fans come together, win or lose. Listen after every game to the fifth quarter. Powered by Eastgate Ford on 900 CHML. The fifth quarter podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free so you never miss an episode. And make sure you rate and review.